Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 23 of the Mess Hall Podcast. A really good interview this week. I sat down with Daryl Mack, a local comedian from here in Calgary. You know, it was a ton of fun. It was an outdoor interview. We were sitting by on a bench by a lake. You know, just overall a ton of fun. Really enjoyed it, so make sure you give it a listen. If you like it, make sure you give five stars on iTunes. And give me a follow on Twitter at the Mess Hall Pod. So I'm going to be trying to up my... Uh, Twitter game and my social media game coming up here, trying to give you guys a heads up on who's coming up on the podcast. So, like I said, make sure you listen and enjoy. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. This week's podcast shout out is to I Have Some Notes. If you like movies, check this out. As I'm a movie fan and a fan of Star Trek, I enjoyed listening to the first Contact episode. It was fun and I really enjoyed it, so give it a listen. I know I'm going to be listening to some more episodes. I know Congo is on there. I was a huge fan of the movie as a kid. I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan, so I can't pass on it. And then Pacific Rim, one of my favorite movies of all time. And Street Fighter, they reviewed that one, give it some notes. You know, Jean-Claude Van Damme. How can you go wrong with that? And finally, like, there's a whole bunch of different movies, but my final one that I'm going to be listening to very soon is Mortal Friggin' Combat. I love that movie growing up. I can't wait to hear what they have to say about it and hear their notes on it. So make sure you give that a listen to. It's I have some notes, and it's a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. So far, I've been listening to it, and it's been fun, so make sure you give it a listen, too. Thanks, and enjoy the theme song, and enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Podcast. Oh, hey, Daryl. Welcome to the Mess Hall Podcast. Well, thanks for having me down here, Avery. Or out here. Yeah, out here. Beautiful uh, Gap Lake outside of Canmore. Can't go wrong with the great outdoors. It's so nice out here. So, such Fair, a nice yeah, day. we're going to do a podcast. Let's do it outside. It's summertime. Winter will be here soon enough. Yeah. Um, so, how does food play in your life? Is it just for fuel, or do you? Is it something that you really enjoy? Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, fuel for the body. You need it, but yeah. um, I enjoy eating as natural as I can. Uh, I'm not one of those freaky uh, gotta go all vegan people, but when I'm on the road, I always try and source out local venues. It's like a mom pop shop. Yeah. Something that's not some faceless corporate chain of garbage fast food, and uh, try and eat healthy. Trying to eat healthy at home, trying to eat more natural. Um, I got into growing my own food the last few years. I'm a nice. city farmer. What, what, what are you growing at home? Uh, tomatoes, potatoes, got onions. Uh, I've got a rhubarb plant that's I've harvested four times so far. Got a yeah. big raspberry patch, got an apple tree. So I, I 
like my buddy Scott Doom, is I'm learning how to make jams, which is such a weird thing. Okay, yeah. Making jams and apple butter, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to find some local source uh, for eggs and, and beef. Okay. And nice. trying to stay away from all the processed stuff. Yeah, I've been trying to uh, convert myself that way, too. I, I enjoy... I enjoy growing stuff at home. Mostly we have herbs and stuff like yeah. that. I tried a couple years ago. We grew out some big zucchinis, which was really cool. Um, zucchinis, one I will never grow because I have a horrible memory of zucchini. And no, not like that. <laughs> Every time I see a zucchini, it's like, I can't eat it. I can't eat it. And uh, I used to work at a hotel when I was in uh, high school. Yeah. Back uh, when I lived in Winnipeg. And the management there was... Not like management today. They actually cared about staff. And so when they made soup, they would uh, let make an extra batch of soup for the staff. Nice. And you could have free milk and juice, but you had to pay for stuff like Coca-Cola and 7-Up. And so they wanted you to be healthy. And I was out partying one night. I thought, oh, I'm not going to take a lunch. I'll just have a couple bowls of soup. And when I got there, they had made a pot of zucchini soup, zucchini vegetable. And in my hungover state, when I lifted the lid, you know, if you've ever been in a public bathroom that has not been well maintained and you get one of those <laughs> urinals that just has that stench of something's rotting in there yeah. that's what the soup smelled like i see a zucchini and i smell dirty urinal right away so i cannot oh. eat the damn things still to this day still stay, yep the the smell i almost puked right there in the staff room i feel the same way about spinach i saw i had canned spinach when i was younger oh yeah canned anything is not the right way to yeah go. now i can sort of tolerate a little bit of fresh spinach when my since some spring mix or something it's good that way, but just a spinach salad is just yeah, well, still a no-go for me. Yeah, I think it was cooked spinach that turned me off as the texture, but uh, in my later years, I learned to like it. I'm actually growing some spinach and lettuce and stuff like that. Yeah, how's the spinach growing, anyway? Not doing as good as I thought. I think I put it in too sunny of an area. I'm still okay. learning this city farming, so uh, I've yeah. got the spot picked out for next year where I'm going to put it, and yeah. it'll do better there, I think. It's too, too, much, too much light all, all day long. Oh, okay. Rhubarb grows, though, eh? It's... Oh, jeez. I've had four harvests this year. Yeah. Just um, bagfuls waiting for pies and other stuff. I know my wife has just picked tons of it. And like you said, bags. Just yeah. literally full bags of it. And it's just Oh, I got that one apple tree. It's a crab apple tree. And that thing, it produced so much last year, I probably gave close to 70 pounds of apples away, and I still had more than I needed. Yeah, yeah. We were giving rhubarb away. My wife made a rhubarb barbecue sauce, which was interesting. Oh, how was that? Um, it was all right. I'm looking for new things to do with rhubarb, so... Yeah, uh, I'll try to email you the recipe. Yes! Um, I'll give it a go. Yeah, it was... It looked all right. I'm not a huge rhubarb fan, but, you know, it was... It was all right. She put on some stuff for us, and I think we put it on some pork, and... I'll try it. Yeah. I know once, uh, October rolls around, and the government sort of legalizes cannabis with all the extra rules... My garden might have some other stuff in it. <laughs> Get your four plants in there? Yeah, my four plants. Nice. Um, so, you're talking about that. Do you have a favorite food that you have when you're having a toke or anything? Like, do you just... No, nah, i got no favorite food no. for that. Yeah. My, no. my food urges and that kind of come in waves. Like, uh, when I cook my own food at home, like if I make... Uh, a good homemade spaghetti sauce, I'll have spaghetti for three days in a row, and okay. whatever's left over goes in the freezer. Um, like, at any time, it's just my mood changes according to weather, yeah. time, time is a big factor, 
what can I eat instantly as opposed to do I have time to cook? But Yeah, weather does play a part in it, especially in the summer. You want something light. And, yeah. And a lot of chef and, salads and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I, I like the berries on the salad. That's, that's my go-to on the salad. Well, I got a whole pile of raspberries I'm growing, so I'll have to yeah, do ra- a nice uh, salad ra- like that. Raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, some pears, you know, it's... Makes for a good yeah, salad. getting damn hungry. Can we, can we get skip the dishes or somebody to deliver to this lakeside uh, picnic table? That's, That'd be awesome. That's one of my goals is to make people hungry on this podcast. So it's doing its job today. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, now you're on the road a lot. Yep. How does food play into that? Like, It's very you... important. Um, when I'm with a new comic, like one of the young guys or young gals starting out, I always try and emphasize I eat healthy. Stay away from the junk food because we don't have a health care plan. No. And even if you feel like shit from eating really crappy food, you still got to do a show. So better put good stuff in because if you're living off of you know all the fast food chains on the road, you're going to end up groggy. Yeah. Maybe run yourself down, get sick. And I, I believe, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So that's why I'm a guy who seeks out the little mom-pop places that do it from scratch. And I've had fights with comics in the car. Well, pull into the Burger King. He's like, no, I'm going to pull into that restaurant. You want to go to that shit place and eat Burger King? You walk there because this car does not stop at fast food. And we've been screaming matches, but I'm stubborn. <laughs> I dig in my heels. Like, I don't stop there. Sorry. Not not happening. No, those mom-and-pop places are awesome. I, oh, yeah. One of my favorite jobs was working in a mom-and-pop place like that. It's just... And was, you can tell the good ones. Yeah. And then your money stays in that community. But if you go to any of the, the big chains, most of that money leaves. You know, yeah, right back to... Stockholders in another, another country get yeah. the money. So to me, that's not the way to, to live on the road. I like to give back to every community I go to. So I yeah. seek out that independent uh, uh, food place whenever I can. Uh, and I agree with you. Uh, independent places are just so much better. You're just, you can almost taste the love in the food. If, if that makes sense, like that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I've had places where like the little, the little grandma still runs it. There's one in Jasper, okay. uh, the L and W, and she's a little Greek lady, mm-hmm. and she will treat you like you're, you're the long lost grandchild she hasn't seen in a while. And the food is incredible. That would be good. And yeah. uh, they got a nice outdoor patio, but in the winter time, she's got this glass solarium where there's tables and there's live trees in there, and you're actually living or sitting down amongst plants in the middle of winter, you can have a garden-type experience. So, Yeah, that's... You can't get that going to a, a chain. That sounds incredible. Like just sitting next to trees in the middle of winter. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, but like going to the Devonian Gardens downtown in Calgary. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, like that. There's a table, a smaller yeah. version of that. And, yeah, exactly. Because you've got to be connected to the earth, and being around plants and that does it. Being around plastic does not. No, no, uh, like I said, I, I agree with that. It's something that I have to get more into. Uh, more so lately I have been. Just, yeah, it's a good mindset to be in. So, do you do you have a go-to meal? Like, if you go into the mom-and-pop places, I know that a lot of them have similar type meals. Like, yeah. is there something that you want to have? It depends on how long I've been on the road or how long it's been since I've been on the road because a good... You know, homemade burger and fries is always yeah. always comfort food. Um, yeah. But if I've been on the road for a while, I've had a few burgers, and it's just like, what else is there? So like, I'll seek out like chef salad, stir fries, 
clubhouse sandwich, but only if it's three meats. You restaurant people, it has to be three meats or it's not a clubhouse. Do you have cheese on your clubhouse? Of course. Yeah, I, I agree. I Clubhouse is my favorite sandwich of all time. Um, as long as it's three meats. I'll, I'll, go, I'll yeah. give it a wave on two meats if it's like a chicken breast and bacon or something like yeah. that. But if it's going to be cold cuts and that, you got to have three meats. Yeah, I, it has to be. I don't like the cold cuts. I'd rather have turkey on there. Just like turkey breast that's baked or roasted, sorry. And, like, and you have to have the bacon. Yeah. And I can live with those two as well. If they throw on a third meat, it's Yeah, fine. I, I avoid bacon if it's midday, especially if I'm traveling because... Hey, who knows? <laughs> we all know. I mean, we all know turkey is a nap food. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to be taking a nap on the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> turkey will just put you to sleep behind the steering wheel, or the handlebars. Like in the summertime, it's I travel by motorcycle. Nice. And I always nice. carry food on the bike. Some kind of uh, food that won't go bad. Even if it's just a you know a mainstream granola bar or beef okay. jerky. And that's because sometimes you're delayed for whatever reason, construction. Yeah. Breakdown, run out of gas, and the first thing that's going to get you upset is a hungry stomach yeah. that's just picking at your brain like, hey, feed me. I can't. So I always have food and water on the bike. Nice. Have you ever tried to make your own granola bars? or Nah. No? Uh, there's no. some good natural type ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't eat them that often. Um, yeah. I could make some, but that looks like more work. I don't yeah. do baking. Okay. What about like jerky or anything? I've made jerky in the past. Yeah, I've made venison jerky and moose oh, jerky nice. um, and just regular beef jerky. And I've been thinking about doing that, maybe get a smoker for the backyard and nice. do it properly with a smoker. Yeah, I've had some people bring over some venison jerky lately. Yeah. Homemade, and it's just so good. Goose jerky, I made that one time. Smoke, really? Smoked goose, because I don't like the taste of goose, but I used to hunt Canada geese all the time, but it has okay. sort of a livery aftertaste. Okay. But I used to keep them for my dogs. I had two dogs, and they loved Canada goose. So I would just cook up a goose for them, and all the fatty oils, I would save that, and i put that on their kibble with some meat. Okay. And during the winter, my friends would be like, what are you feeding them? They look like mink, like their fur was just glossy smooth. Nice. It's because they're getting natural animal fats in there. Yeah, we we just got a dog, so that's a good idea. It's just... Yeah. Fatty oils and stuff like that, that's what they're meant to eat. Yeah. Yeah, and we're looking at the right balance of, like, my wife bought liver today for, yeah. for the dog. And yeah. Just... Buster's going to have a good diet, I think. Yeah, well, I used to hunt grouse and that, and sometimes I would save the innards just for the dogs. Like They okay. have the liver and the heart and all that. I don't want it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of cooking those organ meats. Yeah. They're supposed to be good for you, but the flavor. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's hard to get past that. It's just rough. Um, but it's a good thing that you found a use for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I, when I hunt, um, I haven't hunted for years, but no waste. I try to do no waste. Like um, when I did deer hunting, I mean, I love the venison. It's more natural and it's got more nutrients than most domestic meat. But the hide, I would skin the animal, keep the hide, and roll it up. And there's a program called Hides for Habitat. And so okay. we would donate the deer hides, and the money that they made from selling that to the tanneries, they would use to buy land and make them into game refuges where there was no hunting to ensure a safe place for the population to stay healthy. Nice. And to go one step further, when I bought cowboy boots years ago, I bought them. I bought a couple pairs of deerskin ones, hoping like maybe this is the one I shot or someone else that I know, you know, donated. Cool. It's a great leather for a boot, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of using every part of the yeah. animal. Um, I'm, I, I want to get out hunting. I've never done it, but it's something that I want to do. It's time consuming and it's expensive. Yeah. Because you, know, you got to always leave where you're living. Yeah. But. The, the reward when you 
harvest an animal, it's way better to eat than a lot of domestic stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I'll go back to what I said earlier about the small diners. It seems like there's love in there. Yeah. It's just like, and that's what I feel like when people give me game meats. It's just like. They're sharing their hunt with you. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't, maybe it's the experience that makes it taste better. But it, it seems like it does. I think like, it's a connection of knowing where my food came from. Like when I did take a few deer in my past, it was always like me against the deer, always in uh, the deep bush. Like I had to stalk them or ambush them. And it was none of this shooting from a car from a road like some douchebags do. Or yeah, pushing it's... bush was popular in Manitoba on private land. A bunch of guys would go into a clump of bush and push deer out. One guy would be waiting for him. To me, that was like shooting fish in a barrel. It was always me one-on-one. So it was always... A little silent thank you for the animal because yeah. it was going to feed me for the winter and there's always a bit of sadness there's also some joy like I just got my own food it's yeah. not from a massive kill floor that some big corporation owns I got my own food and it was always a, yeah. a connection with the land yeah I like that it's and, and if you got any PETA listeners they're probably hating me right now uh, don't fucking care no neither do I yeah. but I think that's what food is and cooking is is taking a lot of those natural things like like you say you go hunting or going in the bush or fishing yeah. and yeah or fishing and i've seen a couple people out here going with fishing rods and i was kind of jealous i want to take my son fishing and oh yeah it looks like a good spot out here so. i might get back into it this summer i did a lot when i lived in winnipeg uh, we do a lot of fishing for pickerel and, and uh and northern pike and we'd go on canoe trips and i would plan out the meals okay we got three days we have this many meals and at least four or five of the meals would just be from the, the lake. We would catch our own fish and have a big fish fry and just, you know, the side dishes is all we brought. And it was neat again, like the end of the canoe trip, like, okay, we've got to do a buffet because we've got all this extra food. <laughs> we had too much fish. But knowing oh. that you could partially sustain yourself, I think there's yeah. a connection that a lot of people don't have. So how do you like cooking your fish? Just fry it up? Oh, I fry it in, um, we used to bring lard, okay. and just a bit of seasoning and some whole wheat flour, and I would just roll it in the flour in the seasoning and just pan fry it. Nice. I don't, I don't like battered fish. I always think that takes away from the fish. Yeah. But I would do it that way or some, some wild poached. Okay. Yeah. Do you make like a nice poaching water like with some peppercorns or anything like that? I was like doing it in foil with some you know, lemon and some herbs and stuff like that. But usually nice. just pan fried was the way it would go. Nice. That's, it sounds relaxing too. It just, is. Like just being out on the lake, catching fish, taking it back. Or even just from the shore. Yeah. Uh, Scott Dumas, I don't know if you've had him on the podcast. He's a comic. He actually lives in Canmore. Yeah, I know Um, who he is. We did a tour many years ago in the summer, and we nicknamed it at the end of it, Living Off the Land Tour. We we had camping gear and fishing gear, and we tried to avoid restaurants, so we would have a cooler full of food like we were camping. We'd pull into a rest area, just break out the stove and make a meal. And I taught him how to fish, and we caught some pickerel up near Thompson, Manitoba. Yeah. And I taught him how to, to gut the fish, and we cleaned them all up and fried them and caught our meal and off to the next gig. It was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. And one time we were going down the road and we just saw this sign to Buffalo Lake with an arrow and it was like a dirt road which is basically two tire tracks with grass growing between them disappearing into the woods. And this is going up northern Manitoba like there's nobody on the road. We hadn't seen a car for over an hour. So I look at Scott and I go, should we? He goes, hell yeah. So we did a U-turn and followed this road in half a mile and there's three old hunter cabins all boarded up and a dock that just went into Lake Manitoba. You couldn't even see the other side. Nice. And it's like, we did lunch right there. I was like, sort of in the middle of nowhere. Pulled out the gear, fired up the stove and cooked something right on this dock and then went back to the highway into civilization. Sounds, yeah, like I said before, it sounds relaxing. It is. Like, 
like an adventure. Like, I think. Speaking of food, there's a mosquito trying to make food out of you. Yeah, oh, I he's know. Gone. <laughs> hey, Ave, what are we doing next weekend? I have no ideas. Do you? How about the Edmonton Fringe Festival? Sounds fun. We should check it out for sure. I'd like to make sure I see Marcus Ryan do his one-man show. Do you have any other information on the festival? I do, I do. Attracting 800,000 visits to Old Strathcona over 11 days, the Edmonton Fringe Festival is one of Edmonton's biggest summer festivals. That's great. I heard ATB Financial is Fringe's biggest fan. So enter the ATB Golden Ticket Contest for a chance to win 100 Fringe tickets, VIP parking, a $250 MasterCard, and more for next year's festival. Check out fringetheater.ca for more details. Unlike Fringe, banking doesn't have to be dramatic. That's why ATB supports the Fringe Festival and has the branch for arts and culture, because they care about your time and your money. Just because you're a performer doesn't mean you should have to jump through hoops for your bank. ATB is a proud sponsor of the Edmonton Fringe Festival and all creative types. Visit the branch for arts and culture to learn more on how ATB can make banking work for you. Check out atb.com slash fringetheater.ca for more information. And now back to the show. Um, just making life into an adventure where you can and taking those trips. and uh, Food is always a big part of our trips and trying to plan around that. Yeah. That's, that's what... Life is. I camped in Roshan Sands just uh, east of Red Deer with my kids years ago, and uh, my older boy, he uh, noticed that there was a Saskatoon berry bush, and it was coming into bloom. It was like, you guys want some pancakes with berries? Like, yep, into town to buy a pancake mix back, and we harvested a bunch, and the berries became part of that. He, like, it was like, nice. here we were in a provincial campground harvesting our own food, and it was like I was trying to teach them this connection. Yeah. And now they both have a love for the outdoors, and they do a lot of backwoods travel and stuff like that. That is a... Except they don't eat fish. I failed. <laughs> I'm not a huge fish fan, but... If You're it's... from the Maritimes. I know. But there's some that I will try, and I will always try. Like, if we went out fishing today and I caught fish, I'd definitely eat that fish. Oh, I'd hear and... a trout. It's a very yeah. nice, delicate fish. Yeah, yeah it's... so good flavor but to have fish on a regular basis for me is not a huge thing hmm. unless it was scallops <laughs> scallops i can eat those every day yeah. scallops shrimp too yeah I, I find shrimp is a texture thing for me really yeah it's not so much a flavor same as lobster it's okay yeah i was gonna say shrimp is like little tiny lobster tails and yeah. texture and i love lobster yeah I, like i used to have lobster growing up um it was well, a thing in the Maritimes. If you ate lobster at lunch, it means you were from a poor family because you had to have what daddy caught off the boat. Yeah. Or like in Newfoundland, they were saying stuff like that. I was like, are you kidding me? Man, yeah. it's lobster. Yeah, poor man's food. That's what yeah. it used to be. Like, And now it's not a poor man's food anymore. No, you order the lobster on a date, you know something's going down after. <laughs> That's the rules. Yeah, I was looking at the price of it today. It was $19 a pound for lobster. Wow. And I can eat three pounds stupid. in a sitting. I remember we used to go down to the docks and get a dozen lobsters for fifty dollars. Just, I we, guess we got to call some delivery service and get some food brought here. <laughs> this, is, this is torture. Get some lobster. Yep. Get some nice venison, and you know, and I always like venison. Just, just I going do. back and just thinking about it. Just there's a lot of people who go, oh, it tastes gamey, and I always correct them. It's like, no, it's not gamey. It's flavorful. You're used to the bland domestic meat. Yeah, you know, like if you've ever had a an organically raised 
cow as opposed to the, like the beef you buy in a grocery store. There's a big difference. There is. There's more flavor to it. Yeah. It has that bite to it almost. Yeah. Maybe not a bite, but like when you bite into it, you know it's a piece of beef. Right. You know, it's not... Just like when I bite into venison, I know this is not beef or bland pork. It's This is real meat. Yeah, like something with substance. Yeah. I mean, there's some that'll be really skanky tasting, but that's usually bad field dressing. Some digestive juices got on the meat or some hair got on the meat, and if you don't cut that part off right away, it taints the flavor. Okay. That's, that's a mistake in the field dressing. That's a helpful tip for yeah. everybody that's listening. Um, you need to know this for the zombie apocalypse, everyone. Yes, I'm getting prepared for that. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but maybe not zombies, but I always... I hope it's zombies. That's the most fun way. I've got a <laughs> chunk of my act about that, but who knows? I mean... Could be another big chunk of rock from space, yeah. like what took out the dinosaurs. Like, I I always talk about mega volcano. Yep, that's that's we're, my go-to. So we're, we're in the secondary ash zone where we live. We have twenty-four to thirty-six hours to bug out before that ash cloud hits. Finally, somebody knows what I'm talking yep. about. Um, Yellowstone National Park. Yes. Google it, people. But once you go down the rabbit hole, happy sleeping. I know. I've done it, and it's, I've told other people about it, yep. and they think I'm crazy, and. Is finally well, glad to have you're, some. you're too young to remember this, but when Mount St. Helens blew, and you know the story about Mount yes. St. Helens in Washington State, on day two or three, we woke up here and I was like, "Did it snow? No, we had half an inch of ash on our car from Jeez. a from a volcano that blew almost 700 kilometers away." Yeah. And in comparison to the super volcano, if it should blow, say the Mount St. Helens crater is a bottle cap. Well, the super volcano, it's a dinner plate. Yeah. That's the cone opening. Like, that's how big this thing is. So if it goes, it's a global changer. Like, it'll it'll, yes. it'll take down air traffic. It'll, it'll blot out the sun. It'll change the whole world instantly. And some people go, oh, well, whatever. It's like, I'm, I've got some food to live through it if I have to, or I'll bug out. Yeah, um, I've talked about an escape plan. And yep. Getting ready for that and having supplies ready. And I, I got some old British Army uh, rations. I got 10 boxes of those. So yeah. that's my immediate bug out food for whatever. And you could, it couldn't even be a super volcano. I mean, uh, I remember a town just south of uh, Winnipeg when I lived out there got evacuated because of a train derailment and toxic gases were leaking. Okay. That's just, yeah. Gotta always be prepared. Yeah. And or to hunker down. Like on yeah. the East Coast, you guys get one of those uh, nor'easters, those big blizzards, yes. and it shuts down the power. And it becomes a kitchen party for you because you guys realize, okay, we need to stock up on water, we need candles, we need food. Well, that did happen right before I moved. We had a, a hurricane, Hurricane One. Oh, know? yeah. And most of Halifax was out of power. Well, maybe not out. The whole town was shut down for at least the first day. But I remember where I was working, we didn't have power for a week. And yeah. We were... Uh, and this is where, like, how are you going to cook your food that you have defrosting in your fridge? Do you have yeah. a cook stove? A lot we, of people don't. Well, after that, we, uh, just, well, during that, we had friends over, and we just cleared out our freezer, and we were cooking everything, and it was a ton of fun. And then the restaurant I was working at, we realized there's not going to be power for a couple of days, and we started taking everything out of the freezer and barbecuing it for the whole community, and we weren't charging anything, because it was either get rid of, throw the food in the dumpster, or cook it, and give yeah. it to people. Yeah, so. help people. They'll remember that when the economy yeah. and the power kicks back in, they'll come and buy. Yeah. And they did, and it was yeah. huge, and you know, we were just cooking everything. And I remember we were cooking breakfast sausages on a barbecue, and I had flames three feet high of just the grease coming out. But And that was at one of those mom-and-pop shops. Nice. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I don't think you'd see that with a chain store. 
No, you wouldn't. And, and even then, who wants their shitty chain food that all comes from the same central warehouse? That's, yeah. That's that consistency. Like, I think it was, um, I was in uh, Munich, Germany years ago when I was married, uh, the beginning of Oktoberfest, and we started partying with these Aussies because, you know, Aussies like the occasional beer. Yeah. And, and uh, many beers after that. And uh, we left this pub, and the one Aussie was having a Mac attack. And they love their McDonald's down in Australia. I don't know why, but he had to have a Big Mac. He was having a Mac attack. And I said, I didn't come all the way across the Atlantic Ocean to eat a McDonald's. And he said, they serve beer there, mate. <laughs> what? So you can have a beer at McDonald's. Like, okay, you got me. So I went down, and I ordered one burger, and I had a Heineken. And the price of the beer was cheaper than having a Coca-Cola. Jeez. We're doing it. We're doing it wrong over here. Yeah. I mean, should, that that poisonous sugary drink should be marked up, and the beer should be marked down. Yeah. So I sat there like, okay, I'm in a McDonald's in Munich, Germany, having a Heineken right now. <laughs> That's not a bad thing, I guess. You know. No. Scarf down that one bit of garbage food, and you know, I can always replace it in the morning. But you got to toughen up your body yeah, once in a while. I guess you got to put the crap in there. Yeah. Get used to it, maybe. So I, I agree with you. When you're somewhere else, you. I don't want to go to the fast food. No, yeah. I can get that at home. Yeah, we're. I want what's something that only they have. That's what I look for. And that's that's what my wife and I try to do. Like, we were in Maui last year, and it was just, where's that local spot? And we traveled. Yeah. Around, and we tried to find those local spots. Yeah, people are lined up at the IHOP or something yeah. like that. Like, why? Why? You can do that anywhere. No, and we we found some really good spots. Like, and we went to a farm. We went on a farm tour, and it was. It wasn't like that big dull pineapple place, but it was just a small local farm, and we were able to pick fruit right off the tree, and that that was our breakfast the next morning. Was uh, nice, like papaya fresh right yeah. off the tree. And yeah, we got to pick our own, and it was just. My parents uh, rented a place in Palm Springs. I went down one winter to visit them, and they had a lemon tree in the yard. So we were making fresh squeezed lemonade. Like there were so many lemons, they couldn't use them all. I was like this was this is the way we should be living. Everyone should be growing some food. Yes, yes. That's why I started gardening. I, like, I went to the uh, yard this morning and made a smoothie with uh, uh, two cups of fresh raspberries I picked. Nice. You know, like, what's that going to cost me at the grocery store? $700. Yeah, and when I get home tonight, there will be probably three, four more cups that I can harvest because the berries ripen that quickly. Nice, nice. Yeah, I always like picking herbs fresh from the garden and using yeah. that in my cooking. And... Yeah, I had that kind of stuff, but a goddamn squirrel got into where I'd planted my peppers and my herbs and... He was hiding peanuts over the winter. He was looking for them. Fucking squirrels. I hate, hate squirrels. Them. Yeah. I had... They're just rats in a nicer fur coat. I, I had a pepper plant in my backyard. And it was the first year I ever tried to grow anything in, in the city here. And one pepper grew on it. Yeah. And I was eyeing up that pepper for, for about three or four days. And then a squirrel came by and took it. And I... Little bastards. I was hoping he was in pain I, in the morning. I've never had success with regular peppers, but hot peppers. I've yeah. had I've had success growing those. And that's what it was. It was yeah. a jalapeno pepper. Yeah. So jalapeno chili peppers. Oh, it's just nice when you're cutting up stuff. You're making a meal. Like, yeah, I grew some of this. Yeah, and you are right. And yeah. Just it's it's rewarding. It really is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much our time. So. Well, this was an amazing chat. I really enjoyed it. So. It was fun, yeah. And being outdoors and talking about being connected to the earth, I think this was the yeah. right setting. Because if we'd been in a coffee shop, I would have been antsy to get out of there. Yeah. So, um, anything you want to promote? Anything coming up? Uh, look for the Quality for Comedy of Life tour in the fall. We're just waiting to hear on some funding, and then we'll be releasing dates. And that's going to be uh, 
Um, we do a tour, we do comedy shows to help raise the quality of life for people. So we work with a lot of charities, mental health, uh, Canadian veterans and stuff like that. Nice. Anything awesome. we can do to work with a charity that improves quality of life, then we do a comedy show. Because comedy is a, a very healing art form. It is, it is. And thanks again for coming out. All right. Thank you.